Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast episode 56. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. I hope you enjoyed Tuesday's conversation all about decluttering your closet and have started using some of those hacks. My favorite hack is the reverse hanger trick, and I've really been paying attention to the clothes that I tend to want to skip over so that I know what I might be able to declutter. Now today we have a very special guest, Angie Whip, and she is from Calming the Chaotic. She describes herself as a minimal mom of nine who lives in a smaller space, which I found out during the interview is about 1,200 square feet. She and her family focus on simple, sustainable, and frugal living. And today, Angie is going to be sharing some of her secrets about how she and her family of 11 total, which I believe the ages are 11 and under for her kids as well, live in this smaller space and can enjoy the benefits of minimalism, decluttering, and simplicity. So I can't wait to get into this conversation. Now, I do want to mention that there is a little bit of background noise at different parts of the interview. She was home, I think, with most, if not all of her kids at the time, and we did the best that we could. So please excuse any additional background noise. And before we jump into the conversation, I actually have another guest here right now, my son, Andrew, who is home sick from school. Andrew, can you say hi? Hello. So I have a question, Andrew. What is coming up in a couple days? Well, your birthday. (gasps) My birthday is coming up. That's right. And you know what? I'm doing a special giveaway on the podcast because a year ago is when I started this podcast. And so we want to make sure that if someone hasn't left a rating or review, and if there's up to five stars, how many stars do you think I would like if five is the best? Uh, I think you would probably like five. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So if you don't mind, if you haven't left a review already, go ahead and leave that review in five stars in Apple Podcasts. And if you already have, then you can go ahead and email me a screenshot of sharing it with a friend. Right now, I only have one person that's entered this giveaway for a free decluttering book of your choice. And the giveaway goes until September 30th. So if you want to say thank you for this podcast or maybe a little birthday present or whatever, I would greatly appreciate that review and thank you so much. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into that conversation with Angie Whip. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. 
Hey, Angie, thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I'm so happy to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm amazed that you managed to get some time away from the kiddos to chat. It just is like mind boggling to me. Um, but I, I just love talking to you and we've connected through Instagram and the minimalist moms community there. So very happy to see you. And I was hoping you could introduce yourself to the listeners about you and your family kind of the the women that you serve, how you spend your time when you're not doing all those things, things you might like to do in your quote unquote non-existent free time. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Angie and I say I'm a minimal mom of nine. We just had our last baby in November. So, so yeah, I have nine kids. Just if you didn't think you heard that right. Uh, my oldest is 11. And I enjoy sharing how we do life, which obviously involves being minimal and decluttering because it has made my life way easier. And I'm from Canada and I make sure people know that when I talk about things because I'm like, we live in the snowy north. So sometimes that changes things because we can be stuck indoors a lot. And I try to keep my tips and advice very simple because life can be chaotic and crazy. So I try to make it like, you can do this. It's easy. It'll make your life better. So Yes. Hence your handle, calling yeah. the chaotic. <laughs> and I love that. I mean, I know that you are able to give those actionable kind of bite-sized tips to the overwhelmed moms and other parents, I'm sure that need it. So, so grateful for that. If you're not already following Angie, feel free to pause us, go right ahead, give her a follow because she's always sharing these really actionable tips. And it's from the perspective of you know, a mom like yourself with a big family, but I, I love just how down to earth you are because a lot of times we do tend to complicate things or compare ourselves or do these things that just kind of make motherhood a lot harder. So I feel like you have a really fresh and realistic perspective on motherhood. So I very much appreciate that. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I try to be like, no, you're doing a good job. This is how it is. Don't measure yourself up against an unrealistic standard because yeah. that's so easy to do as we're scrolling. And I will show you my real home and how we do things. And it's not Instagram worthy, quote unquote, but it works for us. And that's how you should see your home too. Yes, definitely. And I know there are probably numerous <laughs> occasions when you have maybe felt overwhelmed, maybe more at the beginning of the motherhood journey, but I was hoping that, especially when it comes to just all of the stuff that we have to do in a given day as a parent, um, just kind of some of those habits and routines and so forth. Was there a time when you felt like really overwhelmed in that, that either by the stuff or all the things that you had to do? And could you kind of talk a little bit about that season and what was the catalyst for you to make that change? Because now you're like, it's kind of like a well-oiled machine you have going on there. And I think it's pretty impressive. So, but you had to start somewhere. So I'd like to hear yeah. more about that. So our family's always lived in a smaller home with the plan that we were just going to flip it, but life happened and we stayed there longer. And we were kind of up for having a bigger family. So we had five kids and then we got pregnant for number six, which turned into twins. And they were born early and spent time in the NICU. So I was in the NICU time with them and my husband was at home with our kids because not 
our family was too big to be all together. And then to emphasize this, my oldest wasn't quite seven. So I had seven kids under seven. And when I came home, I was like, I feel like I'm drowning because even though our house was small, there is still lots of stuff and lots of people to take care of. I'm like, something has to give because I need to be able to take care of the people and not have this stuff take up so much time. So around the time my twins were six months, because I kind of needed to get a routine and stuff down, I was like, okay, enough is enough. Our house needs to be dealt with. And my older kids, they were like seven and six at the time, were kind of like, what are you doing? So I did a lot of it at night. And my husband was like, we have nothing to declutter. There's nothing wrong here. So I did stuff at night. I started with the things that bothered me the most, toys, my kitchen, laundry. And I just went at it because we, like my husband had a crazy work schedule. I was on my own throughout the day. So that's kind of what spurred it on. I was like, if we're going to stay in this house and I have all these little humans to take care of, something has to give because I want to enjoy this and not wish it away and not feel overwhelmed. So that's kind of what spurred it on. Yeah. You can't be in a home, especially, and just so people have an understanding, because I have an understanding, but from when we talked before, what, as far as right now, what is the square footage of your home as a family of 11, if I'm doing my math right? 11. So I always tell people we upgrade it to a 1200 square foot home. We do have a basement, which we obviously use that space too, but that was an upgrade before. Before that, when we were a family of 10, uh, we had a little home that was less than 800 square feet with a very unfinished basement. My kids were like, it's like a dungeon down here. I'm like, yeah, we got to use all the space. Um, So it was advertised as a two bed, one bath home. And then my husband and I built our room in the basement, which was our office, nursery. And at one time we had five kids in one bedroom and our bathroom was super tiny. Like there was not even room for a vanity. So. Wow. I just want people to have an understanding of the kind of when you're saying I can't be tripping all over this stuff. I want to enjoy my motherhood and this, what some would say, and I would say is a, you know, a small space, like what that actually requires. And I just think that's awesome that you're like, okay, I am going to not, you know, be in a victim mentality. I'm really going to just sort of go for it and start building these routines and the things that are going to make our family really function and so that I'm not miserable. So can you maybe give a couple of examples of where we're talking about how we have a tendency as moms, especially to compare ourselves to Mm -hmm. others and what other people are doing, and this isn't Instagram worthy and so forth. Can you give a couple examples of things that really work well for you and your family, but others might think like, oh, wow, I didn't know I had permission to do that. And you're like, yep, here's your permission slip. Can you give me a couple examples of that? Um, I don't do everything and it, it is expected that everyone contributes in my home. And I always say my husband doesn't come home to help. He's the other parent and adult in our relationship. So he comes home and does what other adults should do. Everyone helps. So like laundry, everyone helps in some aspect to deal with it. Um, So we do each room or kid has a hamper for themselves. So if they're old enough, they start it and switch it and take it up to the room to put away. 
my younger kids, they are kind of combined. But even then I was like, you guys can help. Everyone helps with dishes. We do an after supper reset because my kids go to school during the day. So it's kind of like, they're like, okay, mom, what are our jobs? Cause it's kind of been ingrained in them. I'm like, okay, dishwasher, our porch is a mess. Cause my kids are dropped and ploppers. Like they have homes for their stuff, but somehow let's just drop it right in front of the door, things like that. And then like resetting our main area. But yeah, it's an expectation that I'm not doing it all or I would burn out. And I did get to that point where I was realizing I was doing too much. Cause I had that well, I need to do these things for my family. I'm the mom. I stay at home. And then I was like, no, that's not fair. Cause then I don't have energy to do the things they also want me to do. Cause I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to. Yeah, no, that's, Just that's amazing. I, I have always appreciated that about, um, when we spoke last time, uh, via Instagram, I think you were talking about like making lunches and just how you have kids Mm -hmm. of all ages and stages that are really, that are helping. And I admit as a mom, that is one area that I, uh, have not, I guess that's an area of growth for me. We'll put it that way (laughs) because I find it, I have it in my head. I tell everyone, Oh, you need to delegate. You need to get stuff off your plate. You know, that's kind of ironic, right? Get stuff off the plate. And yet I'm the one that's cleaning the dishes sometimes, or like, I'm just now trying to remind the six and five year old, Hey, bring your dishes over, you know, let's, let's say hello to the dishwasher. Let's become familiar with it. But I think that that is so needed because uh, I don't know you in like a we hang out kind of way, but you always seem very calm and very just kind of like, yeah, this is this is how it works in our house. Everyone helps. It's just what it is. And that way you're not being overwhelmed by everything. You're not thinking, okay, I'm, you know, I'm the victim because why am I always the one that has to clean up? Why am I always the one that has to do the laundry? It's so easy to get into that victim mentality, but you have really equipped your family to be able to participate. And isn't that like what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be equipping our children so that when they're old enough and go out into the world, they can actually like function. Yeah. Yeah. And know what to do. So I really, I really applaud you. And I'm sure you share a lot of that in, on your um, Instagram and I think TikTok, but as far as that goes, I think that's really amazing. And one of the other kind of questions I had related to having big families is that a lot of times people think, okay, I don't know if I want to have more kids. Like I think we might, I'm not sure. And I always get questions from moms. I'm sure you do too, as far as like, what do I hold on to? Like, what toys do I hold on to? Especially if they have kids that are having a huge age range or um, age difference. So you have like, say a seven-year-old, but then you have a baby. And so Mm -hmm. what do you keep knowing that the baby might, you know, be playing with some of these things someday. And you are probably the foremost expert in Canada. I don't know about this. So can you talk a little bit about how you approach that all the way from maternity clothes to kids clothes to toys and how you kind of manage that? Um, So first off, I don't keep a lot of hand-me-downs and people can't get their head around that. I'm kind of like, if it's going to be passed on to another sibling, it'll be passed on. If not, they tell me they're like, we don't like that. So I'm like, well, why am I keeping something you're not going to wear? Um, and we just buy as needed because we keep our clothes minimal. I know what I like for maternity clothes. I live a lot in leggings for sure. And I have the few choice pieces where I'll pull them out. So and I'll say for this time around, we don't find out gender. So we had a girl 
And the last time I had a girl was eight and a half years ago. And I was like, I feel this one's another boy. I gave my girl clothes away like after number eight because I'm like, we're either probably done. If we do, I'm not too concerned. I'm like, I got all the boy stuff. So she came out a girl and I'm like, okay, well, we have stuff she can wear. She has clothes. I'm not worried. So we had nothing that way. I think we got her bed, like a little bassinet a month or two before someone gifted us one. Uh, We do not keep a lot of toys because I find they will just play with stuff from the kitchen, right? And we got clothes. I didn't even have to purchase any. Someone gave me some from their little girl and a friend bought me some from a clothing lot. And I think we're covered for the first year. So I'm like, I wasn't worried. Uh, We don't keep a lot of baby equipment because it takes up space and we never had a lot of space. So I tell people, don't worry about it. Baby stuff is so accessible now with like Facebook marketplace or just asking a friend if you can borrow it for a season. Cause I'm like, do not buy all your baby stuff in the beginning, figure out your baby and then see if that piece will work. And I think each kid I've reduced even more and I had twins and I reduced from the kids before that. Yeah. And even maternity clothes, those are easily accessible and figure out what you like. And I always tell people after you have a baby, get a few choice items that you feel really good in, but don't have a ton of clothes and add in slowly as you're figuring out your new postpartum body. But yeah, Yeah. that's how I've done it. That's, that's so helpful. And I think a couple of things that you said there, number one, and I believe we talked about this previously is about sort of your friends, like your village, you know, you have people that you know, or maybe it's through buy nothing. You have sort of like this ability that you're not thinking, oh my gosh, like holding on so tightly. Well, what if I need this, you know, baby swing in the future or, oh, what if I need this? What if I need that? Just kind of having that more understanding that if I need something, I can get it. I can probably get it secondhand or someone, you know, I'll know someone that we can kind of swap or whatever. And that also helps, I think, with just feeling like it doesn't all fall on you because you have this community that's able to kind of help and support and so forth. I mean, can you talk a little bit? Because I believe that you're kind of in a rural area, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is that putting it lightly? (laughs) Yeah, I live in the boonies and I don't, I think people in the States don't understand, like Canada is a huge country. So everything's spaced out and I live, yeah, in the country. So like major cities are a big drive away. So, yeah, but it's just a testament to you being able to find that, you know, community and knowing like, oh, I have a friend who has girls clothes and I can get them from her and that kind of thing. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I even tell people, I'm like, just put it out there, like in your stories or your status looking for this. And then maybe someone will see it. Who knows? Like it's with social media. It's so easy now to just be like, I need this item. Does someone have it? Yeah. And then, cause I, I, there's no porch pickup or anything at my house. <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit more navigating. <laughs> of course. And I think I know that you do decluttering coaching and I know there's a lot of, because I do it too, a lot of the mindset shift work that needs to happen with the people that we're talking to that are holding on uh, for a variety of reasons that they feel like, okay, I can't, you know, let go of this because if needing it someday, of course, is a huge one. 
So how kind of do you usually, when it comes to holding on to stuff for kids, whether that be more clothes than they probably need, more toys than they probably need, thinking, oh, I might need this for a kid someday, that kind of thing. How do you advise the moms that you work with to really be able to kind of let go and recognize that you can get things when you need them? Like we don't have to have this, like, um, I don't want to say hoarding, but this kind of I have to hold on to it mentality. What what do you say to those women? Well, I definitely use like my own kids as an example. And I have ones that definitely like to hang on to stuff and just approaching it that way, like step by step. I'm like, okay, if you're only willing to let go of this, then let's let go of that. And then just kind of rationalize it too. Like, well, how easy would it be to get that item if you got rid of it? Have you actually used that item? And do you find that it's just taking up space. And then I talk a lot about like mental clutter because that's why our family doesn't keep a lot of hand-me-downs because I'm like, that's a lot of mental clutter in inventory that I don't want to take care of. And then I'm like, and people are like, well, what if they have a growth spurt or whatever? I'm like, okay, go on marketplace, go to the secondhand store, clothes are accessible because usually clothes is a big hang up or like they gifted it to me. And I'm like, Yeah, but once a gift is given to you, it's yours to choose what to do with it. And if it's not used or loved, then we don't need to keep it. And just, but understanding like it's going to be hard. So working through those little layers and being like, okay, this is where you're at. Let's start there, get used to that new normal, and then we'll dive in deeper. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's so gratifying just with my own kids and I have two, but being able that in their normal vocabulary, it's, they might ask about a toy and and they'll say, oh yeah, mom donated that a little while ago, or they lately have been wanting to sell all of their other toys so that they can get Lego sets. That's like their main focus in life. And I'm like, okay, sure. If you're not playing with stuff, I will say this is just between you and me, Angie, and everyone listening. My five-year-old is saying, I want to get rid of the train tracks. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get rid of the train tracks because I don't want them just having like Legos or nothing. Like, I feel like it's helpful to have like an alternate option. And of course you and I are probably similar. We have a lot of like the open-ended, you know, build things kind of toys. But um, sometimes when the kids are saying, I don't want this anymore, I don't want this shirt, I don't even like it, we're the ones that are like, oh, are you sure? Oh, really? And we're the ones that are causing them to like hold on to stuff because it's like our hangout, not the kids. The kids will learn kind of what we're modeling. And so I'm sure that you've seen that with your own kids, like as you're modeling the, we don't need to hold on to everything. We can let it go, find it somewhere else. And that's okay. Yeah. And then I had that too, where I'm like, are you sure? And then I have to back it up and be like, no, you know what you like. I don't get to choose what you like. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. You have enough of whatever clothing or toys. You're right. And yeah, sometimes it is us, right? Because we have this preconceived notion in our head of what we pictured it was going to be used or how cute they would look. And then being like, no, they're humans. They need to learn to how to make these decisions without us. And yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'm sledding go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have one more question before we wrap up, which I, I didn't prep you for, but you're a, you're a mom of nine, so you can handle it. <laughs> um, I know that you're in a remote area, but have you had any issues with family or people that are wanting to be super generous and keep 
giving you lots of stuff mm-hmm. and you're having to sort of manage that. Cause I feel like, um, especially for people that want to continue growing their family, sometimes they have those super generous relatives. They're like, well, obviously you need this and this, and why don't you have this? And why don't you have this kind of bassinet? And, oh, let me buy it for you. And do you have any of that? And if so, or if not, can you give some advice to people that are dealing with that? Um, So we definitely get um, gifts and hand-me-downs from our community. And I've just learned, okay, they've given it to me, but I can choose what we keep. So if it's for my kids, I'm like, look through it and then we'll pass it on and not me going through it and being like, are you sure this, this, and this? And my parents have definitely from watching the kids and stuff like that have reduced what they've given for Christmas and all that stuff. And being like, like last year, they gifted our kids a big trampoline because ours was done and they're like yeah that's for everybody and they'll get way more use out of that so them just seeing the actions of it has helped and yeah just putting those boundaries in place like the once it's given to me I can choose what to do with it and I know sometimes guilt is tied to that but I've just realized like if I have to manage it then I'm going to choose what we keep and not and yeah so the hand-me-down thing for sure because people were like we're done with this I'm sure you can use it and I'm like well we don't need that much. So yeah, once it's in my house, we choose what to do with it and not caring what other people think. (laughs) Yes. And that's so empowering. I know you and I have a very similar mindset. I always say, you know, a gift given out of love doesn't need to be kept out of guilt because a lot of times we feel like we do, but also I've been thinking a lot about this concept of capacity that a lot of times we look at the capacity of what we own as by like the confines of our home, but really it's like our ability to manage and our kids ability to manage what we own. Mm -hmm. It's our capacity and not like physical confines of a space. So I've been really getting on my soapbox about that because it's like, we were never meant to manage that much stuff. And we were never meant to manage all of the things that a lot of people do as far as like activities and how they're spending their time and everything like that. And the fact that you are, you know, able to lead and and mother and to be in your family, your large family with just like sort of this calm presence (laughs) makes me think that at least most of the time you're not exceeding your capacity, which is something that we're all striving for. Do you feel like that too? You've been able to kind of set those boundaries. So most of the time you're not exceeding your personal capacity. Yeah. And for sure, definitely learning when to step back and rest, like just having our last baby. And I'm like, no, I need to take that time to recover and all that because then I'm better in the long term for my family. And having a large family just definitely emphasizes how much capacity I do have because it's like at me all the time and I'm like okay whoa let's take a step back something is not working I am done something needs to be delegated something needs to be let go because of having that number it really keeps me accountable what I can and cannot handle and yeah just saying no to physical things and like the calendar things because I I can't do it all and I've had to realize that and be like I shouldn't have to do it all and I need to pick what's best for our family and circumstances. Yeah, definitely. That's such a healthy approach. And I'm really hoping to kind of spread this message of like 
capacity-based decluttering. I don't know if that's a thing, but um, just that it really allows us to breathe and to kind of live the life that we want for ourselves and our family. So that's wonderful. I would love if you could talk not only about how we can connect with you, but I think you're like the only person I know personally that has made an app. (laughs) So I wanted you to share all the things with the listeners, which I'll of course put all the links in the show notes, but yeah, I mean, you know, let's just have nine kids and I'm also going to make an app for fun. So why don't you tell us a little bit, all, all the ways we can connect with you. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. I have a Facebook page and I'm on TikTok too, navigating all that. And yes, I, well, I'm a delegator, so I had an idea and someone developed the app. Okay. Um, now that I'm getting a little bit more settled in with baby, I will definitely put more focus on that. And that's the, it's called Declutter app. And it's just currently in the Apple store because we self-funded it. So I need to, <laughs> steps and boundaries and my capacity, right? So yeah, so I just put all the ideas of what works for me into an app and things that I do. So it helps track your decluttering. And then there's a space for mental clutter to take care of, uh, a daily tip, and then some areas where you can read up and other stuff, kind of like a blog style and a community. So now that I feel like we're getting a pretty good rhythm, I'm going to put more focus on that. So I'd love if people would check it out and even give it a rating so more people can find it. That would be great because this is new territory for me I just had the idea now I'm like okay now what do I do with it but I know what works for me and I'm like it has to work for other people so I want to share that with them so that's amazing that's amazing I will be sure to link that and I will be happy to give you a rating because that is just um so helpful and it's coming from you know what I mean I yes you delegated which is amazing but it's from like your brain of like yeah. the mom that is able to manage all the stuff and, you know, your home and everything. So I think so many people are going to benefit from that. And I'm more than happy to shout it from the rooftops where, (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So Angie, thank you so much for taking time out of your mom and mom and fun day um, (laughs) to come chat with us. And yeah, I just really appreciate you spending the time and being on the show. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.